Bienvenidos y welcome to the Biz Bruja podcast, where reclaiming our powerful intuition, our sacred medicina, embracing our magic and healing ancestral patterns, invoke powerful creations in our own well-being, our lives, familias, community, and our businesses. Remembering that our businesses are so important at this time. I'm the creatrix of this blogcast, the biz bruja herself, Vanessa Codornu, a modern-day bruja, fourth-generation psychic medium, clinical hypnotist, energy healer, and soul biz mentor and coach. An Argentine-American who started reading adults at 16, became a professional intuitive at 22, and now guides creatives, intuitives, healers, and entrepreneurs to break through fears, connect to the practical power of their intuition so they can serve the world powerfully. Hello, everyone. So excited to share this beautiful being that I first um, connected with through another podcast, Better Work Bitch, Esoteric S is Better Work Bitch. And I knew that I wanted to bring her on. I wanted to talk about her journey. I wanted to find out who she was, who she is, what she's doing. And so welcome, Angie Rojo. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yes. And for everyone who's listening in, Angie is a self-love mentor a quantum healing hypnosis practitioner and all-around goddess, all-around diosa. <laughs> so Angie, for the listeners, you know, one of the reasons that I reached out to you because there's so many people right now, especially with COVID, especially with what's going on, that they're reconnecting to their abilities, they're reconnecting to their knowing, they're healing a lot of ancestral trauma, but they're also like, well, how can I show up in the world in bigger ways, right? Mm. And so how do we take our magic? How do we take... Um, our soul's gifts and, and bring them into the world. And so I just, I thought of you. And so how did you first, like, what was your background and when did you first realize like you were a healer? Yeah. So it's interesting because I definitely started backwards. So I was very, very spiritual, very aware as a kid. And the most difficult part about being on this planet for me was being human and connecting to people around me, to actual human beings. So as a child, I um, was very aware of my angels, was very aware of my guardian, my guardians, my spirit guides, um, was very close to, you know, Jesus Christ. So those were my worlds. Um, and then as I got older, as a teenager, I, was, I got very involved in the Catholic church, so much so that I wanted to become a nun because I was like, this is my language. This is home. You've been there. Yeah. yeah. But then I found out they don't get none. And I was like, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think it was a wise decision not to go down that route. Um, but I love prayer. I love the, vibra the vibration of uh, you know, praise and worship. Of, in the Catholic church, they have this, what's called adoration, where you're just, you know, dedicating the time to, to just be in that vibration of prayer. Um, and when that didn't work out because of, um, at the time, you know, they had the whole uh, priest scandal coming out. And so that was kind of a big, not kind of, it was a big um, eye-opening experience to say, well, this is not something I want to go into. Um, I practice Buddhism. I had some friends because I've always been around very spiritual people. This is our everyday conversation um, and not, not so much the healing aspect, but more so the communicating aspect. So like communicating with angels or communicating with even ghosts. Um, yes. That was a thing, you know, 
um, doing, doing spells. Like I remember being a kid and like doing love spells. I found a book the other day and I have like <laughs> crushed roses and all these recipes and everything. Yes, and I'm like, do. dang girl, you do. Yes. Yeah. It's something that's like always in you. Right. Um, so, uh, I practiced Buddhism for a while, had some friends that were Buddhist, and that was beautiful, but there was something missing for me. And at that point, I had um, experienced a lot of haunting, like a lot of nightmares, a lot of ghost experiences. My, I had a Rottweiler that turned on me, that I feel turned on me because it was being influenced by an entity. Um, and so that led me to, um, to get a reading, like a card reading which then led, I was 20 years old at the time, and I, which then led me to my high school best friend. Her parents were actually Asanteros. And that's where I got the reading. And so when I got the reading and they were like, you know, telling me everything that I had experienced in my life. And at that point I was like, oh my God, nobody knows this about me or believes this. I totally you know, was like, whoa, this is my home. Like, this is my language. These are my people. Yeah. Um, so I actually became uh, initiated in Santeria as a priestess for um, right away, actually. I think I was 21 right away. I was initiated. And um, so I was in the religion for seven years. So at age 27, I um, left the religion. But within the religion, I mean, you know, you practice things like spiritual readings, spiritual masses, um, you know, the drummings where the santos come and dancing your body. So it, this, this was my language forever and ever. Um, as far as being a healer, I mean, you know, I would relay messages to friends if I had uh, dreams where past loved ones would come and, and send a message, want me to share a message with a friend or a family member since I was a child. Um, and that, of course, that's a form of healing. Um, yeah. Too, because I don't think that, you know, as a little kid, when we're seeing things and hearing things and knowing things that we're all like, I'm a healer, you know, it's like right. a real awareness and a redefinition because we were experiencing, I also, I started reading people at 16, um, you know, and then I was like, I lost my powers because I was like, I want to be, I'm already the eldest daughter. Like I want mm -hmm. to be what I am just mm -hmm. a teenager right now. But I also had, like you said, attacks, things that happened to me. Um, and I think it can be a little common. I don't talk about it a lot with people. So I don't want to scare them. And also, you know, through hypnosis, preset them to kind of co-create that experience for themselves if they're not really having it. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that it does happen. But I think that we're first in community or communing with spirit and the divine, right? And then we grow in that spiritual. We're becoming spiritual messengers like you were. And then over time, we realize, oh, maybe this is something that, right, is a healing ability, because that's what you were saying, giving messages that were healing. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the biggest things that I became very aware of was when you, as a person, become aware of your abilities, whether it's able to, you're able to hear their um, spirits or energies, or you're able to have prophetic dreams, or are able to even see the future, things like that. Um, one of the things that I became very cautious of is giving the other person the empowerment to feel like um, my, even if this person says something doesn't mean that's it. Yes. I can, I can alter my path. I can make a different decision and this outcome will not happen. Cause I think within the paradigm of um, my experience in Santeria, there was a lot of manipulation in the sense where you're going to someone and they're giving you um, 
what's happening in your life. And then it's a very um, manipulative situation in a sense that you feel like you have no option but to do this ceremony or to leave that lover or to change your job, you know, like there's so many things. So um, for me, it's very important as people become aware of their healing abilities to find ways to respect the other person's boundaries, to um, not only share the message, but empower them and them knowing they have the ability as well. Maybe not the same way, but maybe teach them how to connect with the past loved one or um, empower them to, you know, that's that's where the self-love comes in because of that experience. So I love that you're sharing that because as much as I am a psychic, as much as I do healing work and I'm a teacher, the most important thing for me is for people to remember that they have the ability within them. Mm -hmm. And I've had people reach out and say, well, Vanessa, a reader told me that like, I'm never going to have children. A reader told me that I'm never going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And that's why like I do Akashic record readings and there's always like, the question becomes, how can I shift a belief or an energy or past life or present life trauma to be able to make space for this, right? Mm-hmm. And so like people even said to me in this life, well, you're gonna have a lot of issues with love and you're never gonna be able to settle down because you're a spiritual healer. And I was like, no, I will find the vow, <laughs> my past lives, I will rip it up. I will go to Mesopotamia, wherever I have to go to. Yes. They did have to go there. And now I'm here with my partner. We we're scheduled to get married in June and now we've moved it to next year. And we're so happy. Congratulations. Yeah. And like to be in, co- in a quarantine with somebody that I adore and that I love and to feel like, yes, I can do my sacred work and have love. But yeah. had I believed the readers back in the day, you know, I wouldn't be in the situation. And exactly. so I love that you brought that up is that we have a say. There's always an answer. And I think old time readers were like that. Like old time readers would throw down a card and be like, muchacha, tu te vas a joder ahí. You know, like, yeah. right? They would happen to me. And they would like scare you almost. And then you're like scared doing something. You're shaking. You're like shaking out of there. Like my life is over. Right. From a scared place instead of like breathe and your guides love you. And look, if you keep going this way, because of the energy patterns of the trauma or the things you've been through, the ancestral patterns, this is what might happen. And this is the space where you can heal, you know, yourself and your ancestors and the future. Yeah. So, but I think it's also just the old way that was passed down. And who's to say that back in the day, those readers, like back, back in the day, it was life or death. Who knows to say like that, you know, our indigenous African European, witches, brujas, mujer medicina, chamanas, that they needed to read that way back in the day. That's what I'm getting right now because they were like, if you go here, they're going to kill you. And it was real. Right. Right. And so now we're evolving. Not all of us, but many of us are much safer. Yes. 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 Yeah. I agree. I agree. And even I'm sure that that still exists today, you know, where there are those uh, readers that instill the fear, but you know, ultimately we have to, like I come from the philosophy that everything is working in your favor. So even if you do get that message that's fear-based, perhaps that message is planted in your energy field to really um, mold you to be more of who you are, regardless of what someone else says. So that's the, in that um, frame of thinking, regardless of what kind of reading you get, like be certain of who you are. 
And if you're still discovering it just because someone gives you an opinion or their perspective or what they see, um, doesn't mean that's it, you know, and, and you ultimately have that decision within your field of awareness and abilities and all that stuff. So I think, I'm sure they still exist. No, they do. Yeah. You know, I, think that I just got the ancestral reason, like why I could have started or it was that way, but they do exist. I know because people call me and then they're in Akashic record reading. They're like, I've never had one like this where there's so much, like there's so much love and I feel supported to shift and change. And mm -hmm. I feel like I have some control in my life. Like I can make decisions. All the other ones I got kind of yelled at, you know, <laughs> because yell at yeah. somebody that you must leave someone doesn't mean, even if it's warranted, like this person is abusive, right? It doesn't mean, it means that you're going to leave from fear rather from that knowing that, okay, I'm choosing better for myself, right? Mm -hmm. Or I'm choosing better because I know better and I deserve better and I'm ready to heal and release. Because we yeah. all know people who have left people, right? Or have done things because they were told, but then they're still holding on to the energy cords of that. And they're still having the nightmares. And so I love, love that you brought that up. And so for you, you started out very spiritual journeyed through all these different like you know church and i'm going to be a nun maybe and then i'm going to do buddhism and then i'm going to santeria, santeria and santeria and being a santera um what brought you into the aware like going into the training to be a past life regressionist right or or yeah. a quantum healing um hypnosis practitioner yeah so i had my um you know when i was a, a santera i was in a very dangerous situation where I've had a moment of epiphany that none of it was real. And I was buying into the story of fear. And so when I had that moment of liberation, I left the religion at 27. I was 27 years old. And I had to step away from spirituality and spiritual people because I was like, they're all like that. Or, you know, never again, because all my life I've had these experiences, you know. Um, so it took me a while. It took me, a, I want to say, two, three years to, to heal, um, you know, that heartbrokenness that, uh, you know, who's Angie in the world without being a daughter of Oshun, priestess of this, you know, all the titles you get, mm -hmm. um, that rebuilding of who, who are you without all of these things, you know? Um, so I definitely took some time away from spirituality, wanted nothing to do with it. I dove fully into acting and modeling because that was something I wanted to do forever and ever. And uh, eventually I started having, I, you know what happened? I went to a Christian woman's seminar and it was a Latina community. Um, it was in here in Southern California. There's an area, it was in Anaheim. So it was like a lot of people from like Huntington Park, Linwood, like Latin community, like gnarly Latin community. And so I went with my, with my tia and my mom and on stage was a woman who was known as a prophetic preacher. And she told people, I remember there's a moment where she told people that if they had donated money to her church or her cause, whatever, uh, that they were going to receive blessings. And it started at $5 and it started, and then it increased to like 50 and then a hundred. And, and then it went to like 500 and a thousand, but it, it came from this place of, uh, it was just very manipulative the way she did it. And you can tell these women were not in the most wealthiest frame of 
of living. So I just, I truly felt like she was thriving on their desperation to be saved or to, you know, those or to have a better life for their families. And you could see people like going up there and, and just having all this faith in this woman. And in that moment, I told myself that I couldn't be silent anymore and I couldn't not share one, my experience, but also my awareness of spirituality and the dynamics of people being empowered within their own selves and not putting that power in someone else, right? That power and faith in someone else. So um, it came from that experience where I was like, okay, I need to, I need to do something about this. Mm -hmm. I can't not, I can't ignore what I know, you know, and my experience within many different paradigms of religion, religious structure. So I told myself that I was going to meditate. Actually, it was a message that came as I was sitting in that room. I was meditate, get up at 5 a.m., meditate for 20 minutes, read the Bible. For some reason, the Bible is really important at the time. Um, And journal. And that the 10 days turned into 50 days, turned into 100 days. And that, that just it almost like cleansed my aura and cleansed everything. And at the time, I actually got a Akashic record reading for the first time. And that was a beautiful experience as well. So um, that ritual that I did for a hundred days connected me again from a different place, from a different place of awareness, from a place of love, um, from a place of liberation, of understanding what had happened in my life. Um, I, I had a couple, a few ayahuasca experiences as well that helped me heal a lot of what had happened, um, not only within the religious structure, but also as a child. And, um, once I felt like I was ready to give fully from who I am and from a place of love and not nothing to do with fear, um, I dove into quantum healing hypnosis training, uh, mostly because I was already time traveling in my sleep and in my daily awareness. Yeah. And uh, it was the lang- it, this is the language I speak. This is, this is my first language, you know, spirituality, quantum healing, time traveling, past lives. Like, yes. this, is, this is it for me. This is home. Um, so it, it did take some time. I didn't, it wasn't anything that I rushed into on the contrary. I was like, never again will that happen, you know, and, and here I am. So the, the divine God, the angels have a bigger plan that I can ever imagine. And all I know is to um, operate from love always and to never hold back, to give. If I, if someone comes to me and they have questions, like it's not in my possession to hold anything from them. Like I have to arm them with all the tools that I can because that's my duty, you know? So that's the place that I operate from now. And it was because of all the experiences and all my own healing that I did. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that. And I resonate to that of operating from love and not holding back. Um, that is so deep and so true. And so for, for you, like for me, it came out of, um, of a spiritual awareness and knowing it because I know now in modern day, because spirituality wellness, um, has been more commodified, right. We've seen that in the last years. Mm -hmm. Um, I started reading people at 16, which is like several decades. And then I pulled back. Then at 22, I started to get paid to read like through an agency in New York city, like sent to events and stuff. Um, but I always did it on the side and kind of stayed hidden, you know, for 18 years. I stayed hidden because back then, like I got laid off once from a TV gig, 
because somebody saw me during lunch read somebody's natal chart, you know? Wow. So I come from a different time, even in the beginning, where it was before. And so as things have become a little more commodified, I think sometimes people are starting from the business point of view now. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I'm going to start a business online because, you know, I'm going to be free. And that's fine. That's their way. But it sounds like you found your way, like I found my way, kind of like through communication spirit and it being our language and it being who we were. Um, what What are some things that you learned or needed to shift in order to actually be able to make a living from your work? Was there anything, like I had to go through some shifts. I don't know if you did. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think for me personally, it was through trial and error. I think it was more from having sessions with quantum healing hypnosis, where at the end of the session, I was feeling so drained (laughs) or someone would schedule a session and, or like I would do a free session and then I just didn't feel appreciated or I didn't feel, um, not not so much appreciated, but like that they realized what was happening. And so I think when you put a price on your services, it changes the energy of what you're offering. It changes the energy of people's intentions and how serious they they take it and how much they value your time. So for me, it was more so that trial and error, feeling that energy out where it's like, if I do this for free, I don't know. Like, you're just giving away your energy, your time, your gifts. And sometimes, you know, believe me, I offer my, my dear friends sessions sometimes because I feel it from spirit, like, oh, that person needs a session. I won't charge them at all. Mm -hmm. But it's divinely guided where I'm like, okay, this is from the heart. And this is because I'm being guided to, to gift this session or to, um, me, you know, some, sometimes it's a collaboration with someone else where we want to gift it to someone else. And so if it's like that, of course, you know, um, it's universe, it's, it's God, it's divine energy. But, uh, a lot of my services were through trial and error. And I'm sure there's a lot, I'm, I'm sure I'm still holding back, you know, I'm sure the journey is still expanding. I'm sure that there's, there are other things that I will venture into that I'm, probably scared to do right now you know absolutely i can yeah. to that yeah i came i was doing it you know for free then i was charging and i only came online about eight years ago and i mean when i hit the ground running i was already doing classes like four-week classes and then i was guided by my spirit to create the urban priestess mastery mastermind which was really a nine thousand dollar program but living in new york city by myself that was what gave me six figures my first year mm-hmm. to then get like, okay, I need an assistant. I need the, like to hire people um, and to be able to function. And then from then on, I just kept, but it was trial and error, just like you. And I was so scared when I did that program. I was like, oh my, what if nobody gets in? What if I created this? I don't have a list. I don't have, what am I doing? Um, but bit by bit, it was just incredible. So for you, it was trial and error. It was also realizing, well, I'm giving things away for free. I'm feeling drained. I'm feeling tired. It's not being appreciated. And I think that in the beginning, it's good to do some free stuff to get your bearings, right? Of course. Right, of to course. figure out, like, know what you're doing, to get comfortable with what, you, what kind of tool you're using, the technique you're using. Um, and then, for so the leap from realizing that, like, okay, was there anything else that you needed to look at as you kept, 
showing up in your work like there was anything else that came up for you like for me it was like i don't want to do video i'm great with blog like i was getting clients without doing any video years ago uh-huh yo people from australia people from canada and then 2016 i was like oh okay like certain things happened in the world and i was moved to speak right mm -hmm. but i was never moved to do a video for my business um, did you have that block? Did you have anything else? Money, like charging money, anything like that? Yeah, I, I definitely, well, when I was, when as a Santera, you know, everything is money-based. Um, and especially in my personal experience, I, you know, a ceremony, I would have to do a ceremony that cost maybe sometimes $2,500 or, uh, you know, randomly like $350 or, you know, and it was, it was all the time. It wasn't, once a year it was all the time so i had to rebuild my relationship with money for sure money and spirituality i was like from that paradigm of um not money is evil it wasn't like that at all but it was it was more like i don't need money more of that approach i think and 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 because i had that approach i rejected it you know i rejected the energy of money um so i had to reshape my love with money and yeah. not feel, you know, I think as people, like we, we have this period or especially, I don't know, Latino, Latino culture where, where they're like, money doesn't grow on trees or yes. where are you going to get that? You know, totally. I think just saying like, I love money yes. and feeling good while saying it. Cause I think yeah. some people feel that resistance. Yes. Um, that was something I had to build personally, especially after my religious experience. Um, also, um, you know, I did start with YouTube and YouTube opened a lot of doors, has opened a lot of doors for me um, because you're able to reach such a, such a broad audience from all over the world. Uh, so that was why I love video. I, I, you know, come from the acting background. Yep. So I love being on camera. I love like speaking and projecting and all that stuff. Um, the blog, I mean, I have a blog, but it's not something I use regularly. Right. And, you know, my practice is evolving right now, too. I mean, there's with quantum healing hypnosis, I'm what, five months pregnant now. Like, I don't see myself doing a lot of sessions later this year. Yeah. I mean, practically speaking, it's not possible a uh, second half of this year. So I definitely foresee things evolving. And, you know, for me, I personally see things coming from um, a scale of perhaps uh, writing a book or uh, creating something where it's not something I do all the time and end up being from that place. And it's kind of a mystery right now. So yeah, I'm open to the changes. I'm open to what comes but it's it's evolving for sure i love it i love it and i love that you it's even a mystery now because i'm finding a lot of folks like the people who come to me are people who are needing to release some sort of block or to work on ancestral trauma to be able to create something right the biz mm -hmm. so that's like i help people with their business break through and like blockages past lives present lives and i love that you said about one creating um, that relationship with money, um, because for me, like what I had to break through was that money wasn't spiritual to me. Mm -hmm. And I never really got like, because I wasn't a Santera, though people kept telling me and reading me that I had to initiate. Um, I 
I never really got taken for a lot of money or asked a lot of money. And to, to me, it was always free. Like God's talking to me, spirits are talking to me. So I felt weird charging other people because I'm like, well, it's just flowing through me. It's just flowing through me. And it was very interesting because I met a coach who just saw me at a Hay House thing, an event, and said, you, I see it. You're very gifted. Can we do an exchange? Later, I found out she was super famous in Sweden, like TV, like everything. But I wound up doing a session for her. She did a session for me, but she coached me. And when she did that, she's like, oh, my God, you're working 50 hours in corporate in New York City in media. She's mm -hmm. like, and then you're doing sessions, you're charging little or doing community stuff. Like, you're going to, you have a lot of energy, but you're eventually going to, like, you're not going to be able to do this anymore. Right. And where's your love life? And where's this? And where's that? And I was like, so I had to, like, like the priestess archetype was very big with me, like serving community, serving community. And so I had to really readjust and be like, you know what, I'm here to break this, like yeah. here to break these ancestral patterns, these past lives, paradigms of where the healer sacrificed the community. The healer yeah. has nothing because they live in a hut and, you know, they're given the cow and the goat. And so they own nothing like this whole energy of we are just existing to serve. Like that's what was part of my energy that I had to release you know, and reclaim that, oh no, I can have time off. And I, I do improv on the weekends, by the way. Oh, so fun. oh my God. That's such a great yeah, exercise. I studied it for years, and then I was like performing in four different um, teams. So I missed that because I was on stage every weekend. So during the week, I'd be in the depths, past lives, ancestral patterns, people are crying, shifting, healing, working. And then on the weekend, I'm like, Beth, it's all over. Now I'm here. <laughs> And I feel like healers, we need to have our lives. Like we need to yeah. have our lives, right? Whatever that looks like for us. Is it family? Is it alone? Is it with a partner? Is it doing improv? Is it running? On dancing. Dancing, yeah. playing, laughing. Like we've got to recharge. And so, yeah, I had to also re rebuild my relationship. And I love money. Let me tell you when um, <laughs> I get like, like I get some, like a bigger check or something, or even just anything. I'm like doing a little dance. I'm like, seriously, I'm like, ah. And yeah. my partner is like laughing. He's like, it's so interesting. I'm like, I'm celebrating the flow of life. Yes. What we're doing is a lot of value and it's really priceless. Like when business coaches are like, you have to charge your value. I'm like, that's impossible. That's right. what I do. Yeah. Right? So... Yeah, I agree. My experience with the receiving those big checks has been that they are the most fun, easiest jobs I've ever done. Yes. It's like, oh, and it's like luxurious and just light and joy. And so, yeah, I always analyze like, huh, what did I do in that moment? Or what does that feel like? Or what does it feel like right now? Am I receiving with gratitude? Because, you know, sometimes when people receive those big checks or opportunities, they're like, I'm not good enough or I'm not ready or I'm not. And it's like, maybe they got the wrong person, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think it's important to be in that receiving mode where you're just like, yes, 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 yes. Grateful, yeah. celebrating. Yeah. It's true. It's so true. And, and I think too, if you spent some time giving to community, if you spent some, not a lot, like I spent a lot, um, then you know, like when you get those checks, you're like, mm-hmm, uh, 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 you know, it's yeah. like, I also think because I know that there are a lot of younger healers out, out there now who take a workshop and then boom, they've got this big, you know, following online or they're, and it's like, when I talk to them, they're talking very big, but yet they don't know basic clearing. Mm -hmm. And so then, them themselves are 
being drained and taking a minute, taking a minute. So what you're saying is true. Like some people, even though they completely are ready for this next leap are feeling I'm not enough, I'm not worth it. I mean, I'm not worthy. There are also some people that are almost pushing it too quickly and they're feeling not worthy because well, they legitimately um, don't have some of the pieces that they need to protect themselves and keep themselves. So wherever anybody is on the spectrum, get your foundations down so wherever, important. wherever they come from. Like it could be from any religion or not a religion, but just really good tools that can support you into the next level. Yeah. I, I experience that a lot with my practice and people that connect with me on Instagram where there are healers, but they're going through a lot of stuff. And I'm like, you have to set your foundation first. I'm just such a big believer in that. Like you have to have your foundation set because I don't know. I, I, my perspective and philosophy is like, how can you lead from not having a foundation? Totally. It's just, it's not healthy for you or, you know, for the person you're helping. Like, it's just, it's just really dangerous yeah. and on both ends, like you're very vulnerable, very weak. And so I think I'm a big, big believe. I always, when people reach out to me and they're telling me what they go, what they're going through, I'm like, you know, this will all be worth it. Believe me, it will all be worth it. Experience it, feel it, like let your heart break open. Like like let those walls down, let love in. Because if you don't have that foundation, you're going to operate from a place of fear and a place of um, uh, limited resources. And and that's not the ultimate truth of our universe. It's not. So it'll take you so far and we'll also draw in the wrong people. I mean, it, it, the vibration meets the vibration that it's operating in and it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be a lot of trial and error. So I believe in just eliminating the trial and error and purposely, intentionally saying, okay, I need to set my foundation. What do I need to work on? And that doesn't mean you don't, you can't help people, but it just means being honest with yourself and not being like a know-it-all, you know, like be, be humble, be real, be open because people connect with that. So we're all, you know, we're all on this journey together. There's no one who is better than the other. We're all, we're all, we're all rising together. It's just with different awareness. So uh, foundation is really, really important. Yes. I love what you shared. And we all are rising together. And as you say that, like the deep invitation for listeners to something you had said earlier to not to hand our power over to anyone else to trust that we have our own relationship with our own intuition and we are reconnecting, remembering, um, redefining what it means for us and that that relation is really primary and that other people have wisdom and they have knowledge and experience and does it resonate? Like taking what serves us and leaving behind what doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, What are some three things before uh, we close off today that, just really, and you said so much already that is so important um, that you would say to a healer or a spiritual messenger um, who is just starting out today in business, what are just some three things that come to your heart that you'd like to share? I, you know, always operate, always do what's right. Always do what feels good. Um, is that two or was that, is that one? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I think, you know, operate from love, operate from, from that place of flow. I, 
build your relationship with money, build your relationship with the energy around you, um, do things intentionally. I think, I mean, what else can I say? It's really like, those are the basics, I think. So Yeah. yeah, that's what I would say. Thank you. Thank you so much, Angie. It's been so great to be here with you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And if people wanted to reach out to you or find you, how do they do that? Yeah, so they can reach out to me on Instagram. I'm most accessible there right now. Uh, So my Instagram is at inspiredwithangie. Um, And then you'll find all my links and everything. You can DM me, whatever. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me. So you can connect there. Beautiful. Thank you. We'll be sharing more. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.